Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Major breaking news this morning coming from Louder with Crowder, Stephen Crowder's organization. The manifesto of the trans Nashville shooter has been leaked. The document is full of anti-white hatred using many leftist critical theory talking points. This is a big story. And right now we are hearing the police spokesperson is refusing to confirm the authenticity of the uh, the uh, manifesto. However, based on what we have already heard from law enforcement, it would appear that this this document obtained by Louder with Crowder, Stephen Crowder, it, it matches the description of what we were told. Now, there's a big debate over whether or not the FBI should have released this much, much sooner. Many lawsuits. There are some stories where, in fact, the victim's families did not want the document released. But now we know what many people widely speculated and believed to be the case. Either way, the individual in Nashville who killed several children and faculty members was motivated by anti-white hatred and presumably leftist political ideology. I am not making a prescriptive argument as to what should be done, and I am not trying to argue that the left is more or less right now. However, in this segment, we will go through this reporting. I am not going to be showing the document in full. It will be lightly blurred because there's other images which uh, may be graphic as I go through these stories. And uh, I will stress, go uh, watch the clip and listen to Steven Crowder's uh, breakdown of this. He's got it in full detail. Of course, he gives his opinion. I'm going to give my breakdown in a bigger picture sense as to what we're seeing in the United States with left versus right. There are a list of other manifestos that have been released. And there is a story I have where the FBI did release a different manifesto pertaining to Islamic Jihad. I think there's a big argument about whether or not the FBI should or shouldn't have uh, held this document. But I think it's fair to say that there is a growing extremism in this country being ignored by the establishment and uh, by law enforcement, I believe specifically because the FBI is a partisan political organization. And, uh, you know, it may be that there is some nuanced argument they're not telling us, fine, but I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I will uh, uh, personally express my bias as the, the Timcast studios were swatted uh, or to or some type of swatting uh, about 15 times last year, 15 times. 
There has been no justice, no communication. Law enforcement has basically ghosted us on this one. So when we hear these stories about the FBI hunting down the wrong people, as it pertains to January 6th, or the Capitol Police participating as well, I have to wonder why they have put so much into tracking down who may have put a garage door pull rope in a NASCAR garage and ignored serious acts of far left terror that have been happening all over this country. Now, while we look at this story, I think it's fair to point out, I will show you many of the manifestos that have come out from right wing motivated individuals were released by them before engaging in their extremist actions. And as it pertains to this manifesto, it's not quite the same as many other manifestos. This is three pages. We'll break down what's in it. This was there. There are many uh, documents obtained by the FBI. They do not release. That being said, I'm going to show you instances of far left terror, sedition and extremism that is ignored by the corporate press, which gives credence to the thought that the FBI actively seeks to suppress or avoid or cover up instances where the far left is engaging in extremism, extremism. Now, this past week, we had Stephen Marsh on the Culture War podcast. He is the author of the book, The Next Civil War, and the latest novel uh, he co-wrote with Andrew Yang called The Last Election. He said that he believes the right has more seditionists than the left. I asked him what his metric was, and he said court cases. I'm going to show you and break this down. That is not an accurate assessment of what is really going on in this going on in this country. But there is a lot to be said. First, let's get to the breaking news from the Post Millennial. They say a leaked manifesto reveals the Nashville trans school shooter had a violent hatred of, quote, little crackers with white privilege that were murdered. First obtained and released by the Louder Louder with Crowder conservative YouTube show, the three page handwritten document shows Audrey, also known as Aiden Hale, meticulously planned their last moments and the mass school shooting at the Covenant School on March 27th. Three young children and three school staff were killed before Hale, 28, was shot by the police. The manifesto written in a spiral notebook has various screeds and thoughts scrawled down by pen. Death Day, Hale wrote on the page, with the drawing of a target reticle on a pistol, along with the date 3-27-23. The day is finally come, Hale wrote. I can't believe it's here. Don't know how I was able to get this far, but here I am. I'm a little nervous, but excited too. Been excited for the past two weeks. Hale continued, there were several times I could have been caught, especially back in the summer of 2021. None of that matters now. I am almost an hour and seven minutes away. Can't believe I am doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims are. Now, I will also add that uh, many of the writings are actually using slurs. So uh, I want to make sure that's clear. Can't believe I'm doing this. I hope my victims aren't. Hale later prayed to God in the manifesto to help her in the mass shooting. God, let my let my wrath take over my anxiety. It might be 10 minutes tops. It might be three to seven. It's going to go quick. I hope I have a high death count. Horrifying, horrifying statements. Hale then wrote ready to die, Nana, and signed it Audrey. Now, that's Hale's dead name, as it were. Uh, Reportedly, Audrey Hale was going by the name Aiden and a trans man identifying as a man. On another page, Hale wrote a detailed day schedule uh, with a post-it calmly asking lunch may be around 11 to 1 p.m. Hale's day began at 6.30 and ran through getting dressed, breakfast, and what to do with the stuffed animals and possessions. At 9.30, Hale was to pack up special belongings in backpack. By 10.20, Hale was to gear up and set up guns in trunk and get out vest with magazines. 
Hale was armed with a handgun, a rifle, and a pistol modded to handle like a rifle. Very interesting. Hale also wrote about making a final videotape on the schedule. This has not been released by police or confirmed to even exist. Hale detailed a plan to leave for Covenant by 1135. Now, I think uh, a few things I want to mention that are very important is the statements of anti-white sentiment, crackers and white privilege is absolute leftist ideology. Now, again, I will stress someone having leftist ideology does not mean they're a mass shooter or someone being trans. I mean, they're a mass shooter or violent or anything. I think mental health issues are the core component here. You can believe whatever you want politically, but someone doing this is clearly not working. Their brain is not working. Now, I do think we tend to see a high degree of violence from the left uh, uh, due to, um, I believe, mental issues. And just you have, you have a high uh, uh, population density in cities, so you're going to have ideolo- ideology spread. And if you have someone who is mentally unwell and then they're given an extremist ideology, they can be set on a dangerous path. I don't believe people who have ideologies are so tactless that they just do these things. But it is important to bring up that these are motivating factors for people like this. Now, there are a bunch of stories that I think are very important to go over when it comes to, say, the autonomous zones that we've seen throughout the country, the shootings that took place there. I believe this shows that the uh, an argument can be made. The left has substantially more seditionists who are ready to engage in extremist action. That is not to say anybody wants anything like this to happen. In fact, I think the problem we're facing right now is the FBI is taking this too lightly. They are not doing enough to publicly assure people that they are stopping extremism wherever it may be. I'll get a little personal as I'll break it down, but let's read a little bit more. One of the pages mentioning uh, opening fire, that it was time to die, mentions killing kids and crackers and white privilege, blaming uh, and, and expressing their those crackers with fancy private schools and khakis and sports back, uh, backpacks and daddy's Mustangs. F you little ishes. Also referring to, to them with homophobic slurs. One interesting component of the story was the checking of security in the parking lot. I don't know if they uh, they have this one uh, written out. Let me uh, double check. I thought they I thought they did have this written. I guess I guess I don't. One component in the manifesto was saying they were going to check security. Now, a lot of people are upset because gun free zones have a higher rate of we got to be careful here. Mass shooters are stopped less in gun free zones. That's an important thing to point out. Now, we have this tweet from Mary Margaret Olihan, who is senior reporter for Daily Signal, saying Nashville PD spokeswoman just refused to confirm to me whether this was legit, uh, was the legit manifesto. I want to pull up this uh, wiki from the Nashville school shooting and bring up the uh, uh, the reactions and the arguments over over the uh, the writings. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. 
That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code pool at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. To give you a description, in the immediate aftermath of the shooting, police officers collected what was initially described as a manifesto authored by Hale. David Roche, the director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, later called the descriptor a mischaracterization, describing the writings as a document detailing Hale's plan and journal-type rantings. The MNPD denied requests for the files by the Tennessean and State Senator Tom Gardenhire, who argued along with some open government advocates that Tennessee's public records laws required the release of the writings. Metro Nashville Council member Courtney Johnston said the FBI had told her that the documents would not be released because they detailed a blueprint of total destruction and could inspire other shooters. Several Tennessee politicians and public figures, including Elon Musk and Trump Jr., publicly called for the release of the documents. Senator Bill Hagerty said, I think people do deserve to know what took place and what was in the mind of this sick person that committed these heinous murders. House Republican Caucus Chairman Jeremy Fison attributed the lack of legislative response to the shootings to the delayed release, saying we cannot possibly address this horrific situation until we know what was in the manifesto. The important thing and the reason I bring this up is it was described as a manifesto, but later said to be a journal writing, journal type rantings and a description of the plan. What Steven Crowder has released is just that. Uh, I will stress right now, the spokesperson for the police is saying they will not confirm this. But uh, I think it's fair to lean towards this is likely uh, uh, the manifesto. That being said, we don't know for sure 100 percent. I don't know that Crowder has released what their source is, nor do I think they necessarily will. But I believe it is. um, we, We try to be careful. Nothing's absolute. I would say I lean very heavily, 90 plus percent. This is likely a a legitimate uh, manifesto, as we have already heard time and time again. There are people in law enforcement, people who wanted this release, who had access to it and images of it. It takes only a single individual to anonymously anonymously send that to Crowder. And that seems to be the simple solution here. It would be much more conspiratorial that someone fabricated this and then sent it to Crowder. Thus, I I, I will state it, it, it seems to be the case that this is um, very much so the manifesto. Now, I want to talk to you first about gun control as, as a very quick aside. There was a viral video where uh, this woman said banning weapons of war on the street isn't about infringing on you. It's about protecting you. And she said, for all those who need to hear this, you aren't special. You aren't going to be the hero who saves everyone. You literally would not be able to defend yourself. Now, I, I bring this up because it's factually incorrect. And the video has five million views. It went viral just uh, past this past week. And I have this uh, community notes to which I respond oopsie daisies to her. Community notes points out in a 2022 study of mass shooting incidents, the Crime Prevention Research Institute found that civilians stopped at least 34.4 percent of active shooter incidents from 2014 to 2021, excluding gun free zones where civilians would not be lawfully armed. The number increased to 51 percent, too. So to simplify When they tracked all mass shootings and excluded gun-free zones, civilians stopped 51%. Now, I strongly recommend people explore their rights, do what's legal, get training, insurance, highly recommend insurance, but I recommend getting training and being armed where legal, where possible. 
The reason for this is quite simple. Just to get a little ideological as we move into the next phase of of, of the segment, the next uh, portion of the segment. Centralized security does not prevent the granular, the micro. It may help prevent the macro, which is the argument made by many on the left, but it does not prevent the micro. What I am saying is when you argue for banning a certain thing, you may prevent a flat percentage. It could be 7%. And they argue that's a great number, but it doesn't prevent the, the granular that they use as their arguments. In this instance, a mass shooter could be stopped by someone who is armed. Law enforcement is not going to be able to respond to direct incidents. That is to say, I do believe that the presence of police in areas will reduce crime. However, if a criminal approaches you to commit a crime, there's no cop around you. Good luck. What are you going to do? Call the cops? It's not going to help you. But I always recommend people be armed and explore their Second Amendment rights. But let's talk about where we currently are in this country and the bias that I think is leading us towards very serious ruin. For one, we know for a fact the law enforcement actions being taken against Donald Trump are extremely hyperpartisan. We know that law enforcement and intelligence agencies withheld information on the Hunter Biden laptop. The bias is palpable. On May 29th, Donald Trump was forced into an emergency underground bunker as far left extremists threw firebombs at the White House grounds and, and actually set a portion of the White House grounds on fire and set fire to St. John's Church across the street. The president being forced into a bunker, I believe, is very alarming. And what does CNN say? Briefly taken to underground bunker. Definitely downplaying this. When the establishment media and law enforcement continually downplay this, we've got ourselves a very serious problem. Now to the argument about the the release of this uh, manifesto, this is certainly not an exhaustive list of manifestos, but I did pull up a list of manifestos and I will point out we currently do not have the release of many manifestos relating to perceived, um, I don't know what you'd call it, race-based anti-LGBT or anti-left uh, um, incidents. So uh, for one, in- one man has a three manifestos unreleased to the public. Um, and then you have Ar- Audrey Hill, which was um, not yet released. However, when you look back at this and you wonder why it is so many uh, manifestos pertaining to uh, a nationalist or eco-fascist or ethno-nationalist, uh, why, why these manifestos are released. It's because the individual releases them themselves. There's a big difference. Uh, big difference. How, I, I, however, I will point this out. The FBI did release details of a manifesto of the UC Merced stabbing suspect. This was related to support for ISIL or ISIS. So that being said, there is still a lot to cover. As many people are concerned about what's going on, I think it's fair to point out. I will, I will, I will say it this way. On Friday, I had a conversation with Stephen Marsh, the author of The Next Civil War and The Last Election. I think he's a good dude. Um, I think he's uh, got some very bad views, very, very bad views. And I think he sees a lot of things correctly, but he has a very hard leftist bias. He believes that he is not biased. He is simply a journalist. But he said, He believes that there are more seditionists on the right than the left. I asked him what was his metric for believing this, to which he responded, court cases. Sure. Here's Oregon Live. Seattle will pay $3.65 million to settle suit over autonomous zone protest disruption to Capitol Hill. What is more seditious? A handful of guys in the middle of nowhere who are talking about how they hate the government and have guns or far left extremists in several cities who actually seized property and in, in the instance of, you know, say Seattle, shut down a police station. In the instance of Portland, firebombed a federal building and actually killed many people. 
This is a horrifying story from the Seattle Times. Everybody down. What happened at the shooting that killed a teenager and led to the chops shutdown? It is reported that hundreds of rifle rounds were unloaded into a white SUV. Why? Because the far left took over this territory and there was no law enforcement. So when you come to me and say, oh, but the right is the scary thing and the right is the bad. I, I just simply say, look, look at this one from the Post Millennial shooting near George Floyd's autonomous zone in Minneapolis on the eve of the Chauvin trial. It was reported that a man on top of a building had a rifle. I believe it was on a tripod. This autonomous zone taken over by far left extremists, lawlessness. The George Floyd riots in 2020 were the most serious riots we had seen in this country in 50 years. So you say there are more seditionists on the right. One area where I did agree with Stephen March is that if we do devolve into a civil war, the shot heard around the world will likely come from the right, from the right, meaning it will be a right colloquially aligned group that will take action. Stephen Marsh agreed, but I think he agreed for the wrong reasons. What I'm pointing out is every day people in this country who are uh, attuned to what's going on in, in the, uh, with the news and the media and politics. Well, these people are deeply concerned about far left violence and extremism because it seems to be ubiquitous in big cities, especially with the autonomous zones and the far left riots. We saw people in D.C. during Trump's inauguration in 2017 setting things on fire, torching vehicles, setting fires in the street, smashing windows. What happened? Well, the police did arrest several hundred of them. They were end up they they end up being uh, having charges dismissed. And the city paid them millions. On January 6, there was a riot. In fact, I have no problem saying some of these individuals were engaged in terrorism. I had this uh, discussion with Jenk Uger. I pointed out if the far left storms a building threatening people, like when they did with Riley Gaines, saying that they're going to harm or kill, that is to invoke terror. That is terrorism. And Jenk asked me, what about January 6? And I said, yes, Absolutely. Now, the issue with January 6th, as with the issue with many of these protests, not every single person is doing this. Some people are the banality of evil. Some people are bumbling dotards. As per January 6th, yeah, people were fighting cops, smashing their way through, and they were screaming very horrible things about what they were going to do to some politicians. Those people were trying to invoke terror in politicians. On the other side, however, Many people had no idea what was going on and were actually let in the building. Some of the people in the front did not scream for violence. Some of these individuals offered to help police, but they were rioting. I think bringing this distinction up is very simple. When it comes to the autonomous zone, was everyone who was there who was planting flowers a terrorist? Not at all. No. The point is this. We rarely see people on the right do these things. Now, I think it's fair to say there are right wing militias and organizations, but what are they doing? They're in the middle of nowhere doing nothing. What's the far left doing? They've been taking over parts of cities. I am not trying to say that you should fear one or the other. In fact, I believe that if this does, if this does break out into civil war, it'll probably start with the right. There is a strong probability it starts with the left, but I believe it's more likely to start with the right. And I'll give you an example. The far left wants subversion. Uh, I'll, I'll break it down for you. The far left wants, they want subversion, they want control, but they're chaos. They don't care that laws are broken. They support laws being broken. So when law enforcement breaks down, they revel in it. All there is is chaos. 
No organized group fighting organized group, fighting the state or fighting each other. Not fighting amongst themselves, for sure. A video emerged in the past couple of weeks, which resulted in an injunction, a video of a, uh, uh, I, think, I believe it's called a backhaul, uh, a backhoe or a backloader lifting up razor wire to allow hundreds of illegal immigrants to break into the United States, forcing their way past our border barriers in violation of the law. The federal government did that. Local government won't do anything. There is no authority for the federal government to do this. In fact, a judge told them to stop. So people have witnessed the federal government breaking the law. CBP agents with smiles on their faces, gleefully breaking United States law. When law enforcement agents begin breaking the law. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. What happens? We've already, we've known about this for a long time. There are border militias and now there's more active ones. This is why I say it's more likely to come from the right, because I think you're more likely to see a group of militia in the South being like, we have a law in this country. The book says this, it must be upheld. And you, sir, are a criminal wearing a badge. And what happens? Sooner or later, these things clash. Now, to be fair, I think that's why it's more likely, because the far left is just chaos. But, but, but to be fair, the only reason things did not pop off, pop off is because law enforcement is not triggering a fight with the far left. That is to say, with the autonomous zones, with the far left opening fire, I got shot at in, in Ferguson. Cops were getting shot at. The government does not take an organized stance against these groups, hunt them down. They don't. And so it does not lead to any kind of civil war. You get the point? If the far left can open an autonomous zone and the cops do nothing about it, and then they start killing people and the cops do nothing about it, you can't have a civil war. It requires two, two factions fighting. The reality is many in law enforcement are covering up for or aligned with the ideals of the far left, which is why the government is pushing DEI, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be more information emerging from this, and we will learn more as the time goes on. But my shout out to uh, Stephen Crowder and the Louder with Crowder crew for some of the uh, best journalism we've seen in a, in a while. Simply getting access to these documents and publishing them is a, a tremendous feat of journalism. We'll see who reports on it, and we'll definitely have more to talk about this later tonight on Timcast IRL. So stay tuned. Next segment will be coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel, and we will see you all then. We have a breaking update. From the Nashville story, of course, this morning we learned Stephen Crowder has published 
The Nashville Trans Manifesto. Police have not confirmed this is the manifesto, but it does align with what we know. The latest news, and I want to stress this. Uh, I, I don't know if we know the exact source of this, but I do believe that it is likely to be the, the actual um, manifesto based on police descriptions. But this may change. So be careful, everybody. Take it with a grain of salt. But uh, uh, Facebook has censored the, the uh, manifesto post saying, your post may go against our community standards on violence and incitement. Your post looks similar to content that we've removed for going against our community standards. You can delete it now to avoid potential account restrictions. At the same time, we're learning that Google is doing their classic, looks like the story is changing kind of thing. So if you search Google for this, it doesn't give you the latest breaking news. It says, oh, there's too much going on. And this is a, a tactic Google seems to use when there's major breaking news from, uh, I, I would say, trustworthy news sources. We have several NewsGuard certified sources, you know, I love using NewsGuard, who are reporting this is the manifesto. Now, the police, again, are refusing to confirm this. They're saying, I don't know what you're talking about, and they're backing away from it. But uh, that's no excuse for Google obfuscating this information. But I want to talk to you a little bit uh, outside of this breaking news just very quickly about anti-white propaganda and what we've been seeing for some time now, which is a core component of this manifesto, because I also saw this video from Jason Miller. I don't know exactly when this video is from. I think it's from actually quite some time ago. But I want to play this for you so you can get an understanding of some of the very serious problems we're facing as this country that if are ignored by our law enforcement and by honest media assessment, it's only going to breed more hatred. Let me stress, the left in this country and the establishment have fomented racial hatred for a long time. Now, they'll claim the right are racists, and they do this by inverting what racist means. They say things like you can't be racist towards white people, which is insane. Then you need a new word to describe people who hate each other based on race or who think certain races are better than others. That's what they're doing. They're trying to make it so that there is no word to describe hating someone based on race. I want to play for you this clip. You can hear it for yourself. This together now. And so we've got to stand up to the federal government. We've got to stand up to bullies. We've got to stand up to an, an administration which is too male, too pale, and too stale. Now screaming cheerful. This is a rally in New York. Too male, too pale, and too stale. Too male, too pale, and too stale. Too male, too pale, And we will not go away silently. We will not be silent in the face of this oppression. I'd like you to understand something. For the longest time, there were people uh, who, who aligned themselves with the American left who now find themselves not so. The issue is actually relatively simple. I mean, obviously, people say the left has gone crazy, but let me break it down for you. When you have people on the left and they all generally agree that establishment forces and racism are bad, then they're unified. But eventually something interesting happens. When I say something like, I don't like the fact that these institutions uphold race-based policies or whatever, they agree with me. Why? Not because of the principle of what Martin Luther King Jr. said, but because dismantling that system would give them that power. I'll give you a simple explanation. One I've told many times during Occupy Wall Street, I was told by some of the organizers that they want to flip the pyramid over. Now to the untrained 
to your uh, default liberal, it sounds like what they're saying is at the top of the pyramid are the fat cats and the 1%, and we want to put the working class above. That is not what they are saying. If you have a pyramid stack of bricks and you flip it over, what happens? It crumbles into a pile similarly shaped to that pyramid, but some people previously from the bottom are now on top and there is still a top. Get it? And I asked them, I asked them this. I said, you're not saying that you want to create an inverted pyramid with all the workers on the top. You're saying the pyramid would flip, crumble into a pile of bricks with you on top. And they said, yes, (laughs) that's literally what we're saying. You just didn't ask. I knew one guy, a very prominent liberal activist, and I said, how could you be against free speech? And he laughed and said, you're too stupid to realize what we were advocating for. When you and I stood together and said, we must stop censorship, what I, literally me, Tim Pool was saying was, let people speak freely. And what the leftist was saying was, stop them pushing down on us. You see, the difference is when they get power, they will use it in exactly the same way. When you see a video like this, too male, too pale and too stale, their problem is not establishment or conservative politics. Their expressed chant is that it's white people who are in power. Okay, when I complain about the establishment, I don't care about the race. Kamala Harris is awful. It could be Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. They're all bad. Barack Obama killed kids. George W. Bush killed kids, too, probably more. But see, when they say, you're right, George W. Bush is bad. Let's work together to get rid of him. And then we say, "Okay, we're going to vote him out. Their motivation is racist and yours is not. But they're not going to tell you that. But now they're starting to. Now that they've gained some political prominence, they are coming out and chanting explicitly. It's about being white and being a man. And we say, whoa, 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 that's that's not the issue. Doesn't matter what your race is. So are you good or are you bad? Are you a good person or a bad person? Uh oh, you see, these people wanted the power, the same power. They want to wield the one ring in much the same way the corrupt establishment wields it. They won't tell you that their real issue is the race of the people wielding the, the ring. They'll tell you oh, it's the abuse of the power. Take a look at this on Google. You can Google search too male, too pale, and too stale, and it's all over the place. In fact, National Institute of Health actually just uses that in the name of a publication about a qualitative exploration of sexual and race-based bias. They actually, wow. And then here's my favorite. When you actually search anti-white propaganda, considering what we're learning now from this manifesto, what do you get? White supremacist propaganda, white supremacist propaganda, your, uh, here, here's one that is uh, victimhood and moral panic over anti-white propaganda. It is all basically on Google on the front page challenging the idea that there is an attack on the idea of, of white people, of being white. This has been going on for some time, and I think it's racist and it's dangerous. And I'll tell you why. Look, I don't know what the actual argument is for the woke left because they seem to be extremely racist. If they want to come out and make this argument that we're going to we're going to have a future of diversity. What does diversity look like? Black Panther. When Black Panther came out, the movie and the cast was 95 percent black, they called that diversity. They said, no, 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 no. That's the same thing. Just with more black people. We want I actually would say this. You know, why I don't like diversity, equity, inclusion, because it's a it's a proper noun. It's a cult terminology. But in the sense of 
actual diversity? Let me tell you what it is. Diversity of thought. Now, the reason why that people would often say, you know, you want uh, some African-Americans, some actual African immigrants, you want some Haitians. These are all people of darker skin, but they're not all African-Americans. They're all black, but they're from different areas. Why? Different perspectives, different worldviews, and a decentralized thought process can actually be robust, help solve problems better. The example I'd love to give is that in the United States, we couldn't build buildings above like eight stories because the heat buildup got too intense. So we invented air conditioning. Amazing, right? Freon and all that jazz. Yet in Africa, they built villages where the structures were funneling heat and keeping them cool. And see, that is diversity. If we actually had someone from that region come here, they'd be like, you know, you realize back home what we would do is you build it like this. It pulls cold air in from underground. And as the hot air rises, it pulls the cold air up. You don't actually need to build electric air conditioning. It's fascinating, right? Instead, what we get today is pure racism. These are people who hate white people, and they are using our goodwill and hope for diversity, real diversity, not cult diversity. They're using against us to enact their racist supremacist policies. And what happens? Young people become violent and they become indoctrinated. So let me tell you. White supremacist ideology is horrifying, it's stupid, and it's dangerous. But guess what? What we're seeing now is the pendulum swinging in the same direction. A racist, violent extremist killed children at a school. This is why we don't like racism. So when they lie and they say it's not really racist, you can't be racist towards white people, you can say a deranged, psychotic individual murdered people And this anti-white ideology was a component of their motivation. We don't want any of it. We want everyone holding the hands under the rainbow, the sun shining. But you see, the problem is the same hatred and racist animosity of the Klan and the other extremists who attacked black people in the past and defended slavery. It's the same core ideology of race-based hatred the left harbors now. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. And I, I, I think it's 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 it needs to be talked about more. But I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. The footage you're about to see is shocking and may be disturbing to some viewers. Ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday, this past Saturday will go down in infamy in these United States, as thousands of pro-Palestinian marchers waged insurrection at the White House. Now, a lot of people are posting these, in my opinion, exaggerated claims about like scaling the White House fence. 
But in all seriousness, a bunch of far leftists and pro-Palestinians, and I got to be honest, they're not necessarily all leftists. There's, there's interesting uh, dynamics at play here, but they're, they're pretty much what we would describe uh, colloquially as the left. They actually were like shaking the fence. And look, if you want to play a semantic game, you know, you could argue they're trying to tear the front fence down. I actually think that's a fair assessment. But some news outlets are like, they were shaking the fence. And I'm like, my friends, when you're part of a giant mob and you are gripping the gates and rocking them back and forth, you may argue the intention of the individual is not to tear down the fence. That's stupid. A giant mob is trying to tear down a fence. And this is what I explain quite a bit when it comes to mobs and riots. One person grabs the fence and everyone just says, oh, look, they're grabbing the fence. Now, their intention may be just to grab the fence, but then someone else grabs it and it rocks. And then one at a time, the avalanche begins and the snowflake does not blame itself. Over this past weekend, we saw thousands of pro-Palestinian marchers descending upon the White House, chanting Allahu Akbar and F. Joe Biden and demanding a ceasefire. I think it's kind of funny because the assumption here is that the United States is Israel. Now, certainly there is a lot of American interest and support in Israel. But even if Joe Biden went and said something like, hey, guys, you're going to do what we're telling you to do, there is there is likely going to be debate and pushback. Not that Israel won't actually take the, I don't know, let's just say pressure from the United States, but it's a, it, everyone's acting as if it is the United States. And I think it's important uh, to point out because internationally, that's basically how it is seen. Iran is threatening to strike the United States. I kid you not saying they will hit us hard if there is no ceasefire. But I have to wonder, I have to wonder about the appetite of these foreign nations as it pertains to what's happening in Israel. We've got uh, battlefield updates, minor. Uh, Israel has split uh, the Gaza Strip. They're cre- they've created a humanitarian corridor, they say, and uh, the fighting is ongoing and it's getting serious. It's escalation. And Iran is now threatening escalation. There are some rumors of a potential ceasefire. But as Mike Cernovich points out, he says Israel's losing global support. So they're going to they're just going straight in. They're just going to go right for it, because when you're already in the negative, you just do it. And there's a lot to be said about what we're currently seeing. But the interesting thing here is what we saw this weekend and the reactions to it. Was it, in fact, an insurrection? No, probably not. Just a big protest. But let's go through where we're currently at with the sentiments and the, the uh, activism that we're seeing in the U.S. What I will say is there is a there, there is an interesting position when when this all started. October 7th, Gaza, uh, 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 you know, a bunch of people from us fly, uh, fly over the gates from, from Gaza, tear th- down on the fences, storm into Israel and just indiscriminately start targeting civilians. And that's a fact. I know a lot of people don't like the, you know, the left. They get all in. Oh, it's, look, Hamas came in and saw civilians as a target of opportunity. They think settlers are not civilians. They think all of these people, whether they're tourists or otherwise, they're all fair game. And that's what happened. And the videos that have come out have been rather horrifying. Now, I know everyone then says, yeah, but what about what did Israel do? And it's like, dude, that tourist who was dancing at a festival is not Israel. So indiscriminately killing people is a mistake. Here's, I want to point this out to all the far leftists when they say, yeah, but what about what Israel did? It's like, OK, look, I, I'm not here to defend the moral positionings of Israel. I am the United States, right? I want to mean by this. I'm not like I know people are like, what do you mean you are? Like, I'm saying that of my interests, I am here in the U.S. I am not Israel or Palestine. Let me tell you something. News comes out and Israel creates a humanitarian corridor and posts a video of civilians moving through it. By all means, tell me that Israel is lying. I don't care to believe everything they say, 
But hold on. Did Hamas try to create a humanitarian corridor when they attacked? No, they just went around killing civilians. Remember what I said? When all this went down, I said, imagine if the Hamas soldiers, terrorists, broken. The reason we call them terrorists is because they did kill civilians. Now imagine if it was soldiers who came in, secured an area, and told all the civilians, this is your path out. You all need to go now. It's going to get bad. Well, they didn't do that. No, they just started killing people. That's why they're terrorists and not soldiers. Now you can come out and say, yeah, but Israel's bombing this and bombing that. And I'm like, war is awful. It's not good. It is not, it is not good. And there's no justification. But that doesn't matter. You can you, you can sit and watch while neither condemning nor condoning. In fact, you could outright condemn, but that changes nothing. There's very serious questions about how we deal with these crises, and we don't have good answers because sometimes there aren't any. I'll give you a scenario. Uh, I think I gave this one last week. Like, imagine you and your family are standing on a street corner and you're playing hacky sack. Like, oh, 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 oh. When all of a sudden you see a guy with a high powered rifle open fire on your family, striking your child. So you draw your weapon to stop him, but uh oh, he's standing in front of a crowd of people. What do you do? Serious question. I don't know. Do you fire on the guy? But then you might hit the civilians that are standing near him. I don't have good answers for you. It's not, you know, and and this is the problem. Now, of course, everyone says, yeah, but why did the guy open fire on the family on the street corner? You know, we can make an argument about the, the, the colonialism and militarism or whatever. I mean, of 75 years of generational of conflict, plus I should say thousands of years of generational conflict. I don't have answers for you on this one. I can tell you that Hamas storming in and killing civilians, that that's just bad. But anyway, we've talked, we, we, we've already talked about this. Let's get to the point. When this starts, it is pure pro-Israel sentiment. I mean, I, I don't mean literally. I mean, just like across the board, everyone's like, I can't believe this happened. So when the far left comes out and starts chanting and cheering for Hamas, it's kind of shocking. But then, my friends, Israel starts engaging in some very serious retaliatory fire. And now the sentiment has kind of simmered down a little bit. This is, this is, this is what I see on the internet. I'm not saying it's absolute. Now you have a lot of people. It's still, I think this, the general, uh, the general uh, sentiment is still pro-Israel, of course. But there's a lot of people who are now like, look, man, Israel's dropping bombs like crazy. I don't know what to say to this. Don't get me wrong. Hamas is lying about almost everything. But ultimately what it comes down to is, at the very least, at the very least, even if it's one modicum of, of uh, uh, goodwill, Israel is at least trying to show that they're creating civilian corridors and people can flee these areas as they seek to remove Hamas leadership. You can't say the same for Hamas. Now, I'm not here to, once again, litigate this, this history of conflict, but to bring it back to the United States and talk about domestic policy and where we're currently at. Because you have American politicians that are pro-Palestine. You have videos of college students that are cheering on Hamas. And I am done with this. Because there are people who are like, no, they're cheering for Palestine. No, I'm not talking about them. There's a video where these women are tearing down posters. And someone asks them, like, why are you tearing down these flyers? And she says something like, it's going to make people think Hamas are terrorists. Really? Okay, let me, let me try this for you one more time. Hamas paraglides into Israel rips down the security fencing and starts killing civilians who are dancing. And what does that Yale professor say? Settlers are not civilians. Yes, they are. And so was the so were the laborers, the, the, the foreign laborers who are doing temporary work. So were the tourists who came to just visit Israel and did not know this was going to happen. And if you want to talk about the difference between terror 
and military action, I can say when Israel says we're going to create a humanitarian corridor for people to flee from, that is in more aligned with what we view as military action. We are not trying to kill civilians. We are trying to stop the attack on us. Whereas Hamas said, oh boy, look, civilians. Difference. So yeah, Hamas, terrorist organization. What's the intention of killing civilians? As Max Blumenthal pointed out to us, target of opportunity uses leverage against Israel. But also, I think it's just to terrorize. There's, there's a few points. One, they don't think settlers are civilians. They think they're killing all of these illegal colonizers. They don't care who you are. But for a, for a lot of it is, let's make sure that anyone who ever comes to this place fears coming to this place. That's the point. That if you're somebody who's like, I need to stop in Israel to like, you know, uh, do a consulting uh, for a business, do, uh, to consult for a business. Now you're scared. I went to Tel Aviv once for a conference. I don't know anything about that. I don't know. I'm like, you got invited to a conference in Tel Aviv. I said, wow, this is interesting. And I went and I did the conference and I left. They want me to be terrified that I am a target simply for coming. They want to make it so that people don't do business with Israel to hurt the economic uh, structures of Israel. So yeah, that's terrorism to strike fear in the minds of non-combatants and civilians for political reasons, one could argue. Here's a story from the New York Post. We'll show you some videos. Tens of thousands of pro-Palestinian protesters massed in Washington, D.C. Saturday afternoon before descending on the White House to chant Allahu Akbar and F. Joe Biden as they accused the president of genocide and demanded a ceasefire in the Gaza Strip. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. The crowd dotted with Palestinian flags and signs cried at the start of the event and cried at the start of the event, which drew attendees from across the country. The chant, which is growing and increasingly popular in the wake of Hamas's deadly incursion to southern Israel last month, we get it, and Israel's subsequent retaliatory attacks on Gaza, is widely considered anti-Semitic because it implies the elimination of the state of Israel and its people. Others chanted, long live the Intifada, an Arabic word used to refer to the Palestinian uprising, specifically to conflicts that ran from 87 to 93 and from 2005 that left thousands dead. Unofficial reports estimate more than 100,000 showed up to protest, but D.C. police could not confirm, telling the Post it does not estimate crowd size. Well, let me let me show you the video. We have this uh, this shocking footage showing the insurrection, as it were. Now, I don't I don't literally think that it's you know that I, it's not literally an insurrection, but you get the point that's, that, we're, that we're making here. You know, I'll put the audio on. I don't know if you actually need to hear people uh, screaming or whatever. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But you have in this video of them shaking the gates, climbing up on the fence and things like this. I wouldn't call it an insurrection. I'd call it a protest. That's it. But of course, when it came to January 6th, they call that an insurrection. When it comes to, I mean, just recently, the far left storming into the Capitol building and occupying it there. I'm sorry, not the Capitol building. It was one of the one of the uh, congressional buildings. And they're just like, as it's fine. And I'm like, when they occupy a building and shut down official proceedings, there's no big deal. When uh, you just had uh, Jamal Bowman on video taking down warning signs and pulling a firearm and fire alarm and running away, he didn't try to go through the door. And what does he get? He gets a slap on the wrist, obstructing an official proceeding. Nothing. 
Jerusalem Post says anti-Israel protesters vandalize White House gates, try to scale fence. You know, in these day and age, it's hard to know what's true. Try to scale the fence. I got to be honest, if they were really trying to scale the fence, I think they would have done it. And what does that mean? This is what I don't like. A lot of people are posting this. What does it mean to scale a fence? Typically, when you say that someone scaled the fence, you're saying they climbed it and jumped over it. What do we have? We have videos of a dude standing up on a ledge or something on the other side, waving a flag. This is the hyperbolic language I don't think is beneficial to anyone. White House Northwest entrance has been smeared with red paint and protesters are pushing on the gate. That's one way to do it. Just say it factually. This video got 2.4 million views, but that's, that's what it is. So, you know, insurrection, but they're smearing paint. They're vandalizing the gate. I think that's a fair assessment. I love how the news reports it. All of these uh, headlines are, you know, thousands flood the streets, shaking White House gates. It's like, dude, you can say that the far left tried to tear down the gates. I think it's a fair assessment. What, what, what else is there? A, for what other reason do you go to the gates, grab them and start shaking them? And they'll try and argue that as a mob, it doesn't matter what the individual is doing. And no individual wanted the gates to come down. Don't care. Don't play those games. When a large group of people screaming FJB and Alhu Akbar, grab the fence, start shaking it. This is what happens during Occupy Wall Street. It's really fascinating. You have a chain link fence. So this, this happened at a protest. Um, there's this big empty plot of land. And the occupiers decided to uh, stage, they, they love doing this. They had a secret plan where they were going to try and steal land from a church. Trinity Church is like one of the largest landowners in New York, and they had a big empty lot. So the Occupy activists created a, uh, uh, two ladders. This is actually really clever. And they put flags over them to make it look like it was just the wood structure for holding a banner. Very clever. And then said, we're going to go March. And everyone knew what the plan was. And as soon as they got near this empty plot of land surrounded by a chain link fence that was about six, six and a half feet tall, they ran up and they placed this wooden structure up against it and then on the other side. So you created a bridge that you could walk upstairs and then walk downstairs to get onto this land and over the fence. Clever, but pointless. Because what ended up happening was chain link fence ain't no match for 500 people. A bunch of people who were there grabbed the chain link fence and were leaning on it. And it started to rock back and forth. Other people, hey, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Or as they say, what, what, what is it? Many hands makes light work. When you have hundreds of people up against a chain link fence, the fence comes down. And that's what was starting to happen. But then, what is it, like five people with a single hand just pulled the chain link up, the chain link fence up from the bottom. And instantly you had three and a half, four feet clearance to just go right underneath the fence. Now, a regular person is not going to grab the bottom of a chain link fence and lift it up. But when you have hundreds of people, it became extremely easy. Everybody did. And then everybody rushed in. Was it the intention of the of the people for that to happen? No, they built a structure to climb up and over. But when you have enough people, it doesn't matter. So what happens? Well, the police eventually come in, go on the grounds, chase everybody out. They all run out. It was kind of silly. But that's the point. Are you going to argue that because they did it one way, it wasn't an attempt to take the fence down? This is what mobs do. Mobs don't need to, to have a, 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 a pre-plan. If a single individual knows their intention to pull that fence up and get everybody in and then everyone does, that's the mob doing it. And that's what we saw. But of course, the media is not going to report it that way. They're going to say, just shaking it, just shaking the fence. And what if the fence broke off the hinge? Because the mob was just shaking the fence. F fence. Right. You get my point. When a mob does it, the mob did it. 
the mo- a bunch of people grabbing a fence and shaking it. They're trying to tear it down. Sorry, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, of course, for political reasons, people are going to say one way or the other. But we'll call it, we'll call out some of the people on the on the right as well. Libs of TikTok, I believe the post millennial, they posted something similar. It says pro-Palestinian insurrectionists scale the White House fence, waving the Palestinian flag. I'm sure they'll be hunted down, thrown in gulags and given 70 to 22 year prison sentences. To be fair, what this man did climbing up uh, uh, the, the one side on one side of the fence and waving a flag is substantially worse than what we saw Enrique Tario do when he wasn't even in D.C. on January 6th, but still got two decades in prison. Look, this guy's not trying to scale the fence unless he was. And it's a different video. All this is is a video of a guy standing up next to a fence on a ledge or something. Something's holding him up and he's waving a flag. I don't think you need to come out and say this guy was scaling the fence. I'll tell you when they're grabbing the fence and shaking it, they're trying to tear it down. And when a guy climbs up and turns on a waves of flag, he's not trying to scale the fence. He would have gone over. But, you know, it is what it is. Where we're currently at right now is uh, I think things are going to get worse. They're going to get heavy, but we'll see. I'm hoping that things simmer down. They may or may not. I don't know, but I, I'm leaning towards it, We might be seeing a simmering down. We have this tweet from Mike Cernovich. He says, uh, in response, there's a tweet from Anthony DiRazio who says, I feel that Israel has gone into honey badger mode. So I'm not sure if that will make the difference this time. This is from uh, Saturday as well. Cernovich says Israel has lost worldwide supports. They are going all in now as they may not have a second chance. People can differ if that's the right approach. But I do hate the lies and adults playing pretend. Israel wants the land and to push Gazans to Europe. That's their gambit. So what's happening? The strike on Israel gave them an opportunity. I'm not saying it was good. I'm not saying they wanted it. I'm saying that they got attacked. And then the response is, okay, what do we do? Well, we can do nothing. We can do surgical strikes or we can we can go heavy. And that seems to be what Israel decided to do. This is it. They attacked us. We're going to crush them. And with that positive pro-Israel sentiment from the attacks, they started going ham. Honey badger mode, as this man says. And now it's getting intense. And there are a lot of stories of which it's almost impossible who to believe. And so I'm, I'm not here to, do, to adjudicate the morality of either side. I certainly think this latest conflict was started by Hamas and they did not need to start it. They gained nothing by doing it. Nothing. Stupid. There was no point. So I'm not, I'm not, look, I, I neither condemn nor condone. I say I, I, I will condemn all killing of all civilians. And I will say Hamas had no reason to do it. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to go right for it. If Israel is saying we're going to target Hamas and military structures and civilians die, that is bad that civilians die and they shouldn't kill civilians. But it is a world apart from Hamas saying, oh boy, civilians, let's get them. I'm, that, I, I'm sorry, that's the reality. Hamas could have come in and they could have intentionally avoided shooting civilians, but they intentionally chose to shoot civilians. That's not even in dispute. The, uh, you had the, the activists and protesters in New York cheering for it. You had one guy said they targeted a bunch of hipsters who I'm sure are doing fine now, sarcastically knowing they're dead. Meanwhile, Israel is like, it's unfortunate civilians are dying. It's like, well, that's not bringing me any comfort, right? But there's a big difference, like I said. Israel, you can say this. If you hate Israel, you can at least say they're pretending not to want to kill civilians. That gives them one modicum of morality above where Hamas is at. But I certainly think Israel knows they need to maintain public support. And now what do you have? The argument is that Hamas's action did have a goal. It was to cause Israel to strike so they could generate more propaganda and go, help, help. I'm being the victim. 
Welcome to war, my friends. There's no easy answer. I mean, it's what the left does. And so I'm just I'm not I'm not interested in giving any support or any crit- or, or any uh, 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 criticism to military action from Israel. I will criticize the killing of civilians. I will question whether it's necessary to bomb certain areas. But I can tell you this. Hamas lies. The far left lies. And they're trying to go, oh, heavens me, I'm being attacked. Help, help. I'm being repressed. And I'm just like, dude, Hamas did not need to storm in and kill people. And now that Israel's attacking heavily, my only concern is let's not escalate this. We don't want more civilian deaths and we don't want regional conflict that can bubble up into World War Three. Iran is basically threatening dramatic escalation, saying the U.S. will be hit hard if no ceasefire. And this is from yesterday. That doesn't mean that I think Iran has the capability to actually hit us or that we have anything to fear from Iran. But I don't want war escalation. I'm just look, man, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm not here to go into a big foreign policy thing. This segment is about the actions of the far left in the United States. I can tell you this. The far left will get no favor from me, and I'm done giving them the benefit of the doubt. I can have people come and say, Tim, Israel's lying about all this. And I'll be like, well, you know, here's what I can say. The far left lies about everything. They've lied about Ahmed Arbery. They lied about George Floyd. They lied about the hospital. They lied, they lied about the refugee camp. Oh, I love this one. You know, because we talk about it and I'm just I'm absolutely done with it. News report, CNN, Israel bombed a refugee camp. Oh, heavens me. Did they really? Well, OK. Israel bombed a civilian area that they claim they were targeting Hamas. They gave warning to the civilians and many civilians didn't leave. Hamas does tell people to stay. This is no excuse for the collateral damage. The argument is that Israel absolutely can go in and perform a surgical strike. They can go in with ground troops and take out these Hamas leaders. Or there was a a video where they said they could have targeted the Hamas leadership in an isolated area. Instead, they flattened the whole area, which was residential. The left goes, it's a refugee camp. It was a residential area. Bad? Yes. Refugee camp? No. And then the response that goes, well, I mean, I mean, these people are historically refugees. Oh, shut up. And I'm just so sick of this. Tell me they bombed a residential area because they were targeting Hamas. And I'll say, man, that's 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 effed up. That's messed up. What do you do, man? It's the question I posed early on. A guy is opening fire on your family, strikes your child. But if you want to return fire, he's standing next to civilians. I don't have the answer for you, my friends. I really don't. You got to figure out what makes sense for you. And you know what? Many of the people standing behind this guy are cheering for him. So what do you do? What do you do? I don't have the answers. Don't come to me for that. I, I a lot of people are going to be like, I'm going to I'm going to stop the guy with the rifle and I'm going to I'm going to tell everyone get down and then open fire. But guess what? You're going to hit civilians. That's that's the argument about what Israel is doing. Then what they do is when the person standing next to the shooter gets hit, they go, that guy started opening fire on a bunch of refugees. And you're like, whoa, really? I am sick of the far left's lies and propaganda. Tell me the nuance. Explain to me in great detail what really happened. And let me try and figure out the solution. That's what I give to you. I'm not going to tell you who's right and who's wrong. But my goal is not to play these stupid games where it's like the, the poor and innocent refugee camp was bombed for no reason. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And that's what they're doing. And then Israel says, we did a, a surgical strike on a Hamas leader and there was collateral damage. The reality, Israel bombed a residential area. It was buildings, not a refugee camp. Civilians died in the process. It's called collateral damage or collateral murder, depending on what people you want to call it. Collateral damage, the difference is collateral damage. Uh, many people are going to refer to the destroying of structures and infrastructure and murder to specifically uh, point to civilians who die as a result of military actions. You can call it collateral death if you think that's too uh, uh, pointed. Collateral murder comes from, I, I believe, when uh, Julian Assange published the video of, I believe it was the U.S. killing a Reuters journalist. And they, they thought they were enemy combatants. And so it was murder, the killing of individuals in conflict in, in wrongly. If, uh, let me put it this way. If, you're, if they're told there's a, there's a murder on the loose and you kill the wrong guy, you're going to get in trouble. But, but again, if that's too hyperbolic, fair, fair, collateral damage, call it whatever. I'm not here to have a semantic argument about morality. I'm here to say the general idea of what happened. You, you figure it out. I'm not here to adjudicate generational conflict in Israel-Palestine. You figure it out. But I will tell you this. I cannot stand Israel derangement syndrome. It can go both ways. Like when you had, um, I think it was Bethany Mandel. She's been on this show several times and she tweeted something to the effect of the only reason to not nuke Gaza is that the fall that would affect Israelis. And I'm like, that's insane. That's, I'm sorry. I don't care. Like, that's a crazy thing to say. You can't just massacre 2.2 million people in war. (laughs) But don't get me wrong. There are people who are just psychotically anti-Israel. And I'm just like, dude, Vivek Ramaswamy hitting it out of the park. He's like, what about Azerbaijan and Armenia and what's going on with the Christians? You don't care about that? He's right. I made the same point about Burma, Myanmar. This obsession with Israel is insane. But I get it. A lot of people say it's the Holy Land. They say Jesus did not die in Armenia or in Burma. And I'm like, there you go. But it's also uh, more than that. I think for a lot of people, it's literally not just about the Holy Land. I think for most people, it's not. For the real military conflict, it's a strategic Western-aligned region, defensive hub in the Middle East. The West has power in the Middle East because of Israel, and they want to maintain that. Access to secret uh, opera- bases of operation, not very big, but you know, hand- a handful of people doing surveillance on, uh, on Iran. And uh, along with what we have in Kuwait, Qatar, uh, Syria, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, woof. The U.S. has a strong military presence and the U.S. is safe, safer in Israel. So, my friends, I'm hoping things simmer down. There are some rumors that the U.S. is moving towards a ceasefire now. And what is this? It's called mowing the lawn. Israel will bomb a ton of structures in, in Gaza every few years and then the war simmers down. Hopefully it does. Hopefully. But I can't tell you. What I can tell you is it looks like Ukraine's dying down. And uh, it's, it's, it's a feel-good moment, my friends, because we're worried about the Thucydides trap. We're worried about Russia, China, and Iran, the BRICS nations, building up their BRICS currency, expanding their alliances. We do not want conflict with these countries, but it does feel like it's coming. So while the Ukraine war may be simmering down, bad news, I guess, for you know, the Western interests in Europe, but good news for everyone who doesn't want World War III. We may be pulling back from that precipice of World War Three, which I can appreciate. 
but who knows? You can't see the, the granular. You can't see the, the, the finer points here. It's possible that it does, it, it does continue in other ways. So we'll see. In the meantime, my focus here is going to be on uh, the election and what's currently going on with uh, domestic politics. That's why I'm talking about activists in the United States. And it bleeds out into Iran, to Israel, to Syria, etc. But we'll, we'll talk about what we can. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. In a viral clip, Bill Maher roasts Neil deGrasse Tyson, and it's epic. Bill Maher may not be that great on Trump. I think he's certainly got Trump derangement syndrome. But when it comes to free speech and wokeness, he's been calling it out more and more and more. And I want to say, he's got his redemption. Uh, his redemption arc, at least. We all know that clip where Dennis Prager went on real time and said they're putting tampons in the men's room. And Bill Maher was like, no, they're not. They're not. doing." Oh, whoopsie. Turns out Dennis was right. Bill Maher has finally come around on this. Take a look. This clip's amazing. I want to play it for you. Neil deGrasse Tyson famously came out recently saying there's not two genders. Why? Because this dude lives or dies by what the public is willing to accept. He is the worst of the worst. People like Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's a he's like, hey, look, I'm known for being science. You put me on your show and I'll say whatever you want me to say. That is not science. And that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson represents. But let me play for you this clip from, <clears throat> from Myth Informed. These people are effing nuts and you should be calling them out. Bill Maher blasts Neil deGrasse Tyson for placating to the woke ideology instead of challenging it. Ladies and gentlemen. I give you this clip. This is from uh, uh, Bill Maher's podcast, and uh, this is a long time coming. Surely there is a portfolio of jokes that would still work on a college campus. Surely. I would hope not. From what maybe maybe some college campuses, the ones you read about are fucking insane. You've given up on an entire generation, and you don't know how to make them laugh. I have given up on any place that doesn't even remotely attempt to believe in free speech and thinks that anything that, that they hear that they don't like, that they don't agree with, is violence. These people are fucking nuts, and you should be calling them out. Yep. Somebody like you, who has standing with kids, should be not joining them. I do when, when there's a science taking, you're doing what, to it. You're yeah. That's a lie. I do when it's a science question. No, you don't. Neil deGrasse Tyson famously came out and went nuts about biological males competing in women's sports. We had a video last week. I tweeted about it. I deleted the tweets where uh, a biological male playing on a field hockey team pitched the ball, smacked a girl in the face, knocked her teeth out. That's at least what's been reported. And at first I was like, dude, if these girls knowingly choose to play on these teams with males and some of this happens, I ain't, what, what am I complaining about? If you're not complaining, I'm not complaining. But then someone said they didn't actually report the individual was trans. And hey, man, I mean, that's that's says a lot to the individual for uh, passing, as they call it. But if I think that these young girls have a right to know and then choose if they're going to compete on these teams. Neil deGrasse Tyson is an anti-science guy. This was just a couple months ago when he was saying males should compete on female teams. Then he has the nerve to say, when it's a science question, let's play more. Doing what parents do. You're What's taking that? the path of least resistance I, and therefore hurting the kids and yourself. Parents ruin both their lives. They ruin their fucking spoiled kids' lives and they ruin their own lives because the kids rule the roost. So that's what you're doing on a national level. I, I'm feeling more like on the porch. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Really? I feel like we're in the barbershop. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson is, in my opinion, one of the worst. Take a look at this. Tyson discussed transgenderism on Trigonometry, a free speech YouTube show run by British satirist Constantine Kyson. 
Tyson pressed Tyson on criticism posed by the idea of biological males competing on women's teams. At one point, Tyson spoke in an elevated tone, appearing to state that the entire sport infrastructure should be reconsidered to ensure inclusion and fairness for all. There was a, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like jujitsu or something. A sporting event where the podium, first, second, and third, was all male, but it was women's sports. The left argues simultaneously that it's a patriarchy and that there's no such thing as, as gender, in which case patriarchy can't exist, in which case Hillary Clinton is a man. I mean, what, what's the argument? If patriarchy is just the establishment forces and Hillary Clinton represents that and there is no biological gender, then Hillary Clinton would be patriarchy and a man, in which case matriarchy can't exist at all. It's nonsense, but this is the game they play. So it's good to see Bill Maher roast this guy. But I got another one for you. This one's real good. Joseph Massey tweets, two worlds collide. Antifa guys tells two pro-Hamas women that Billboard Chris is trying to tell children they're not allowed to be trans. And the Muslim woman says they're not. Whoa, that's right. See, this is what this is why I said not all of the pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas people are far leftists. It's it's a it's it's all over the place, man. I mean, for better or for worse. But take a look at this clip. You know about half these kids? propagate anti-LGBTQ propaganda. He's trying to tell children that they are not allowed to be trans. They chase this guy out. This is crazy. There he goes. Then he just leaves. This dude, this far leftist in a mask, shows up and says, this guy's trying to claim that kids can't be trans. And the pro-Palestine activists say he's right. It's a funny thing about all this. I got to be completely honest. You've got uh, Israel. In Israel, you have LGBTQ people. In fact, there are people from Palestine who get asylum, refugee status in Israel, coming from the West Bank or from Gaza, because they're LGBTQ. And Israel says, you are good here. And you know what the issue probably is? Israel knows that if you're LGBT in Gaza, they'll lock you up. What's the real concern? I'm not here to litigate and adjudicate all of the history of that place. What I'm saying is Israel's concern. We don't want extremists coming into Israel and causing problems. Right. Some people argue it's just like racist or ethnicist, or whatever you want to call it. No, I think it's just like if we don't trust you, we don't care. Not happening. But when someone comes to them and says, I'm LGBT and they will kill me if I stay there, they'll say, we, we believe you. And we believe you will probably do your best to help us here in Israel. So that's the funny thing. It's the weirdest thing to me that the right is opposed to all this stuff, yet they're defending Israel, which is more defensive of the stuff. You know, it's a really interesting circumstance. But I think what it really comes down to is the right is more in support of individual liberties. The left says and does whatever the mob or the cult says. This dude in the black mask defending LGBTQIA plus to pro-Palestinian activists clearly has no idea what he is talking about. And because of this, 
he goes to Muslims and says LGBTQ. And they're like, no way, dude, no way. The dispute that is happening with Palestine and Israel is really interesting because it is deeply in a lot of ways left and right, but it is shattering everything. It really is. There are many on the right who are now going full criticism of Israel. People who used to be on the left now on the right now, they're critical of Israel, but they've always been critical of Israel. And there's people who are pro-Palestine who used to be, uh, 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 I, or, I mean, I'm sorry, I said that. There are people who are pro-Israel who are actually very liberal, but they're like, but I think Israel, it's, it's like everything's got mixed up. But I'll tell you this, those of us that tried our best to operate on principles and our moral standards are doing just fine. You see, from the get-go, my moral positions have mostly been the same. Individual liberties, freedom, free speech, all of that stuff. Now, certainly I've been wrong about things. I'd say, what is it, like eight years ago, I was like, there's probably some common sense gun control, blah, blah, blah. And I was not educated enough on the issue. And then I had some arguments from people philosophical. And I said, no, you're right. I'm 2A all the way. You know, and, and that's not maybe I don't know if that's a moral position. I think it was that idea was always in line with my morals. Thus, I was willing to accept it. But for a lot of these people on the left, they never had one. They never had a moral position. I do think the people on the right have a moral opinion and a moral position. But I think the issue of Israel-Palestine was just not prominent in the media. So it didn't really come up that much. Some of these people who are Trump supporters, it was America first. So when the U.S. is funding Israel and Israel's bombing Palestine, that lines up perfectly with we don't want to be involved in foreign war. Granted, I do think a lot of people have Israel derangement syndrome. But that being said, this is the perfect example of the shattering. And I think Bill Maher plays a role in that. So I'm glad to see Bill Maher calling out Neil deGrasse Tyson. It is time to shatter this machine. Left with Cenk Uger on on, uh, the Culture War podcast. And, you know, he's like a more leftist got to come on these shows. We've already got more people on the left wanting to come on these shows. And we're going to break down these issues. An interesting thing happened. I think I have the uh, is the clip here. Uh, yep. From Billboard Chris. He says, keep Stephen Marsh away from children. Let me play this for you. Yeah. Because what you are saying is children should have access to access to adult content. Well, what I would say, I mean, what I genuinely believe is, um, I mean, I believe in letting people read whatever the hell they want. I don't think 12-year-olds should learn about blowjobs. I totally disagree. You think you should- 100%. You think they should have a book. You see, this is the problem. No, so, no, no. I, I mean, I, well, just like someone as a, like as a parent. What about like, I mean, I think hiding information from children, like we're, let me tell you something. Adults are not smart enough to know what children need to know. Okay. And, I'll, I'll pause him right there. He made his point. I mostly let him speak and he's wrong, but- what I was going to say just then, this is the problem. The point is, in his worldview, the cat's out of the bag. There's no point in even trying to control it. That, to me, is insane. This world is chaos we seek to control. Otherwise, what's your... If that was the position they all took, it's like, well, guns exist. Might as well just let people... Do... No, that's not the position they take. They say, we're going to try and ban it no matter what, even though it doesn't work. And it's like, wait, what? The cat's out of the bag. You got to let kids read it. But guns, even though they can be 3D printed, you see the problem. When it comes to what the left and the right is, this exemplifies it very, very well. This guy says, yeah, you can't stop kids from learning about it anyway, so why not just give them the book? I say, uh, no, guns may be ubiquitous, but I'm not going to hand a child a gun. You should not do that. Uh, That being said, there are actually circumstances where legal, you can. Like you're going hunting, you're teaching a kid, and there's training, and that's important stuff too. So my point ultimately is, 
there are also appropriate times to give certain information to children. Let's let's break this down. Is there an appropriate time to hand a child a, you know, like Barrett M82? Depends on child, but probably not. 16, maybe, right? You're 16. It's like you can maybe, well, we're going to teach you how to use a 50 BMG if you're getting proper training and it's supervised, safety gear, everything's perfect and done in a legal and safe way. Yeah. Is there a time when, say, a 16 year old should get a book explaining certain things about, yeah, certain things, right? I'm not going to, I don't think you ever give an RPG or like have someone actually fire some artillery shells unless they're actually adults getting military training to go to go into combat. And then when it comes to adult materials, there are some things that are not sex ed, they're kink. So should a 12 year old be handed a full auto? No. What happened? Little girl was given this full auto. I think it was an Uzi and she fires and the recoil sends her arm flying. She shot her dad. Not appropriate for kids. Should you give a 12 year old an adult book? No, not appropriate for kids. But could you give a 12-year-old girl something like a, a bolt action 22 or something? Do they make those? I'm assuming they do. Or, you know, like a single breech loading, you know, um, light round or whatever for training purposes, such as maybe a small game or, or, or birdshot. Yeah, that might, that might be okay. It really going to come down to what's legal and safe. And I'm not a gun expert. My point is it's varying degrees, man. If the distinction here is, I think not everything is appropriate for kids, and they argue some are and some aren't, well, now you can see the shattering of, of the worldviews. But anyway, it is good to see Bill Maher calling out Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think we're winning this one, and I think standards matter. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. So you guys... Uh Y'all know Luke Rudkowski, right? We are change. Uh, frequent co-host, recurring co-host on uh, Timcast IRL. Typically, when the, uh, when the weather gets nicer, he shows up. But uh, he's got a, a decal on his car that says, Unvaxxed sperm, $7,000 a load. Ha 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 ha. But surprise, surprise from the post-millennial. Women desperately seek unvaxxed sperm on Facebook as demand skyrockets. That's right. There was a story we covered where women were seeking donors because they want to have babies and they want to find a guy on Facebook. And they were saying that there was like a black market essentially forming where women would reach out to a guy and be like, can you donate your biological matter for which I can become pregnant? But now it's a whole new level, baby. The women are saying also, you got to be unvaxxed. Postmental reports, women around the U.S. are now turning to unconventional strategies to become pregnant as aspiring mothers search for sperm donations from men who have refused to take a COVID-19 inoculation. The women are searching for the sperm on Facebook. And as always, with stories pertaining to this, I just say talk to a doctor about what's right for you. Find a good one. Find one you trust. Jonathan David Rinaldi, also known as the Sperminator, was a longtime donor for America's largest group, a Facebook group called Sperm Donation USA. He later elected to leave the group and created his own operation after he caught wind of the demand for unvaccinated sperm donors. <laughs> this is so absurd. Almost 250 people are members of the group, which has successfully managed to help people start families, per the report. Members include young professionals, gay couples, and single women from both the US and UK, with most offering to donate sperm for free. Rinaldi told the Daily Mail, I don't trust big government, big pharma. I don't trust them. And I don't need to inject myself with things that I don't even know what it is. 
An investigation by the British publication revealed that women have searched online for, quote, unvaccinated sperm donors and specifically say they want no COVID vax on posts asking for a potential donor. All right, well, let's read what these women are saying. This one where the identity of the poster is redacted says, looking for unvaccinated sperm donors near New Jersey. What does it say? AI only? I don't know if that means Al only. I'm a single mother to a two-year-old and would like to give for a sibling. I'm looking to inseminate in late September. I will not explain why I desire unvaccinated donor in this thread, and I'm not interested in being educated about the COVID jab. I'm only looking for a potential donor. Very interesting. Men who are participating in the action often label themselves with terms such as unvaccinated man. Sperm not modified by mRNA. So here's one says, I've never met my donor. I grew up thinking that my father was my biological father. When I was 18 years old, my mother told me, didn't make any difference to me. I was born because someone donated. I have very good genes, so I'm hoping to pay it forward now. I'm an unvaccinated man, sperm not modified by mRNA. I don't believe that your sperm is or could be modified by mRNA. I do think it's funny, but again, I'm not a scientist, so talk to a doctor. 39 years old, blah, 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 blah. good health, never sick, easy to build, easy to build muscle and be fit, good at sports. Revolutionary, dedicated my life to activism. <laughs> what does that mean? A post by a woman who had apparently been conceived by an unvaccinated donor read, one more farm raised, not farmer raised baby on its way. Yo, it's funny because when Luke shows me his car and he's like, he's like, hey, look what I got. <laughs> and he points to it. I'm like, haha, that's very funny, Luke. And it's like, actually, it's real. What do we have? Uh, Ronaldo remarked that he has no had no flu shot, no COVID shots, nothing since he was a baby. My best friend growing up was not vaccinated at all, and he is totally fine and healthy. He said, look, I got to be honest with you guys. I am a big fan of vaccines. I, I really am. But I have, I have questions about modern pharma, pharma, uh, what do you, pharma, uh, what's the word? Pharmatological? Is that the word? I don't know. Pharmaceutical. Let's just do that one. I'm thinking more of like the science and knowledge. But uh, some of the practices today give me pause because I do believe that many of these companies are more interested in long-term profits and not long-term health. And thus... It's one thing to have like the polio vaccine. This country was very different back then. But now we are like a neo oligarchic autocracy run by corporations. So I have I have concerns about what big corporations are doing and making. That being said, I'm a big vaccine fan. So for someone to be like, I've had no shots at all. I'm like, well, look, man, it just really depends. It really does. Do we have decades of research? Do you have competing pharmaceutical interests and governmental interests? Okay, well, you've, you're, you're going to have a better data set then. When it comes to the newer stuff, the more latest stuff, you have government contracts and lockstep, which gives me pause. But I will always tell you this, okay? I have my, I have my doctor. It's not a special fancy doctor. It's like, it's, but you know, you know, let me put it this way. There's a lot of people who are like, I don't trust doctors. They're bad. They, okay, dude, does your, is, your, is your doctor a Trump supporter? Okay, then what's the issue? Because it's, if it's really political, if you're arguing that, like, I go to the store and they tell me to wear a mask or whatever, and my doctor says the same thing, it's like, okay, well, it sounds like you've got a disagreement with the doctor. This is what's called a second opinion. It's always been acceptable. Just, you know, it may be hard, but you can find a doctor you trust. That's what I just really don't get. It's almost like, I really do think it's very partisan and very tribal that people are like, oh, oh, doctors are bad. And I'm like, look, man, I know a doctor, more than one. In fact, I'm going to say this. It may be that you watching this video are a doctor. 
Have you, has anyone considered that? How many doctors watch TimCast? Okay. Because we get what, like 50, 60 million views per month. There's got to be a doctor in there somewhere who completely agrees and is like, oh, some things are good. Some things are bad. You know, let's just try and figure out what's, what's right for you. But I just don't like the whole, like all doctors are a bad thing. That's, that's crazy to me. It really, really is. Anyway, well, let's see. When I, when I had my first, here's a quote. When I had my first child, I started reading the inserts and the ingredients. And when the school started saying my son had to have them, I really don't like being told what to do by the government. So it made me think and do the opposite. I, look, I, I really do think parents should make the ultimate decision. But I do believe good doctors can correctly advise you. And it's always going to come down to who you trust. When I hire a heating and air conditioning guy and he's like, can't fix the problems. Like, do I trust him? So what do we do? Second opinion. Second heating and air conditioning guy came out. He fixed the problem. First guy didn't fix the problem. You see how it goes? That's right. Doesn't matter what your career is. There are good lawyers and there are bad lawyers. Ronaldi said that he would only be donating to unvaccinated women in a perfect world. But the reality is not everybody believes in that. Not everybody's educated. I would love it if no one got vaccinated. But 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 why? Why would you let if no one got vaccinated? Look, I'm going to tell you this. I don't care if you do or don't. It's your choice. I, that's really what it comes down to. I will choose to stay away from people I think might make me sick. I'm usually fine and I'm not super concerned about it. But it really is. It really is crazy to me that we're at this point. Rinaldi did, however, inform a woman he was thinking about donating sperm to that he would cancel the process if she were to receive a booster shot. And I was like, listen, if you get the booster, I'm not doing this for you. Like, it's bad enough. You have two of them. Uh, no, 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 hold on, though. Like, here's a question. So you're saying that there's a woman who got vaccinated twice already with the COVID vaccine and is now seeking unvaccinated sperm. I don't quite understand that. Like, serious question. Like, why would someone who is totally fine with getting the vax want unvaxed sperm? Maybe she had a change of thought or mind or something, in which case it wouldn't be an issue if she would get another one or not. Man, these are crazy days, my friends. These are crazy, crazy days. You know, I guess the question is when people say unvaxxed sperm, are they talking about like everything? Like what's the MMR stuff? What is that? Mumps, measles and rubella or whatever. Are they talking about all of that? Because during the COVID period, this is what I would say. People, I'd be like, look, man, if people ask me if I'm vaccinated, I'd say like, oh boy, yes, a lot too. Because they, if they're not specifically asking you, like, did you get the COVID mRNA booster? I think one of them has been discontinued. I don't even know where we're at with this stuff. But yeah, I got a bunch. I remember I went to the doctor one day. And I got like five. What did I get? I got like typhus and hep A, tetanus, yellow fever. And uh, was that it? I think that was, I think it was four. I don't know. I got them all in like a day. It was actually funny because I got one. I got like two of them. And then they're like, all right, you're good. Time to leave. I went back to the office when I was working for advice. And then they were, they, we talked to our security consultant and he was like, what did you get? And I said, I named it. And like, mm, you need more than that. Go back. And so I got to get, a, I, I had to get a car, like went back and I got the, the vaccines. Look, look at me. I'm great. Everything seems to be fine. But look, no, I, I really do think it's your choice. Do your thing, man. I got no beef if this people, what they want, if, if this is what people want, this is their thing in their life. You get one life, baby. Well, I mean, we presume perhaps you get re reincarnated as a, a dog or something. But like, my point is, you're alive. You're alive now. You know what you know. We got to do the best for what we think is right for ourselves. Individual responsibility, meritocracy, etc. And that means if the left really does think that people who don't get COVID vaccines or whatever are going to die, then look, this is the robustness and diversity of thought. If everybody was given, let's say like, an alien came to Earth and says, this is the immortality pill. Everyone take it. And everyone took it. But lo, it was poison. There'd be no humans left. But imagine if like 10% said no, 10% said yes. Some took half, some took a double dose. You'd see 
data. And you'd be like, hey, everybody who took two actually became immortal. Everybody who took one actually had a seizure. You'd be like, oh, now we know things. This is the importance of diversity of thought. You don't want everyone doing the exact same thing. You want to be able to control for things. But that means let people be free and decentralized. And it's actually going to be better for us. But all that really matters in the end is you talk to a doctor about what's right for you. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.